0: Yeah. Well, you know, one thing you mentioned now, like sometimes, you know, there's some things have to slide or you're, you're focusing and, and that's, and I think the, uh, the biggest part about that is just being aware of when it's going to happen. And when that happens, it's happening on purpose, not on accident, right? Like if you're sli- slacking in one area because you're, you know, overwhelmed in another area, if that happens on accident, that's going to really be an issue. If you know that's coming and you're kind of prepared for that, then it's, you know, it's not as big of a problem.
1: This is the Limitless Athlete podcast. I'm Tom Foxley, founder of MindsetRx and your host, and I believe that structure equals freedom.
0: I don't know what's should happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. The
1: there is no past in the future. There's just this moment right here.
0: If
1: I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as as an athlete.
0: It's okay that I struggle. It's okay. That's part of the deal. It's how I responded.
1: Okay, team brain games. Full honesty time. I have not found, made, discovered the time to make this uh, intro as precise and as polished as usual however that speaks directly to today's guest subject I'm interviewing Danny Lair today and he is a co-founder of Caffeine and Kilos um, Olympic weightlifter and as you can tell from that description successful entrepreneur The piece that he talks about so well today is that structure equals freedom. He creates structure and it enables him to get more done. Often when we create structure in our training, in our wider life, in our mindset practice, it feels like it's holding us back. It feels like a restraint. It feels like we're putting up bars around us and they are holding us back. However, structure properly applied creates something to build on it's scaffolding not prison bars and this is what we have to work towards it's the right amount of structure for you enough structure to get your everything done that you need to be done to a quality that you need to be done with enough structure to get all your training done in a efficient and effective way and obviously enough time to spend with your loved ones it's structure. That equals freedom, not necessarily discipline. Although you have to have the discipline to adhere to that, it's the structure that creates freedom in your life. So, without further ado, I bring you the wonderful Danny Lair. So, Danny, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for joining me.
0: Yeah, Dan, excited, excited, man.
1: So, let's um, start off with the most important question: What's your current brewing method?
0: Oh, well, that depends. So, uh, first thing in the morning, uh, my wife drinks quite a bit of coffee also. So we just do, it's actually just like a standard drip coffee pot, man. Um, that, but then in the afternoon, I always do something different. So, um, i have like one cup of coffee right after lunch. And so that I'll do, uh, I really like the arrow press. That's like my favorite, favorite way to go. Um, but sometimes pour over every now and then French press, uh, we got an espresso, Machine down here at the warehouse. So if I'm if I'm here, maybe I'll I'll rip that thing. So just kind of it kind
1: of varies. Variety is the spice of life and the spice oh, of God. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> what I'd like to jump into to begin with is your background and training, how that kind of set you up for entrepreneurialism. Um so let's jump off with uh I believe you got into wrestling and you were a wrestler as a as a young man, right?
0: Yeah. So I kind of wrestling in high school. Um prior to that, my, my parents, I mean, they they really were big on kind of exposing to a lot of different things. My, my mom, um, loved sports. Um, and so we were, I mean, we were in soft soccer, uh, you know, baseball, uh, all these things kind of as a, as a kid. And in the meantime, also my, my dad, um, he likes that stuff, but he's really into outdoors. And so he was, we're going off these week long backpacking trips, uh, and, you know, lots of camping and, and that type of stuff also. So that was kind of all through my childhood and then in high school, uh, played soccer, wrestled, and then uh for track, like through shop put, uh, did some pole vaulting, um, discus, that type of stuff, and, and track and field. So that was a lot of fun. Uh but wrestling was really where I kind of excelled, where I had the most success
1: um through through kind of those years. What did you learn through wrestling? Like what kind of um strategies that you take into today?
0: sure well so then so i coached wrestling for 10 years um after i got done competing and, and one thing that really stood out to me that i, that I noticed is that the kids that the people that have success had this one thing come is that um once you realize that there are times where uh, you need to do something um and it, it like physically hurts you right <laughs> right um and but uh if you do it you're gonna win And if you don't do it, like you, you, you either definitely will lose or you may not win whatever. Right. And so I always thought that was really interesting. That's something about something that's unique to wrestling compared to a lot of other sports. I mean, maybe you're running and, and it hurt, you know, like, uh, say you're, you're running whatever the two mile, like, yeah, you get some lung burn. Your, your body kind of hurts a little bit at the end. You have to push, even though it hurts, um, you know, that's one kind. And then in wrestling, it's different though, because sometimes you know, you're going to shoot on this, this double leg or a blast double or something. Like you're going to put your face right in this person's chest. Like you're going to flame your nose into this person's breastbone as hard as you can. Right. Um, and so it's, it's a little harder to, to get yourself to do that type of stuff sometimes. Um, but, you know, there's that message over and over again. It's like, you know, um, wrestling is one of those sports where you can, to a certain degree, you can just outwork the other person, right? If you have a, uh, the better the technique, obviously that's better, but if you're good enough at, at most things, um, you can just kind of grind somebody down. And if you're willing to hurt more, um, then that's, uh, you got, you got pretty good odds of winning.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of my jiu-jitsu days where I got my blue belt very quickly, but it wasn't because mm-hmm. I was any good it's because I was way fitter and like, and was better suffering than <laughs> than most of the other people there.
0: Dude, that that's it, man. Like that better suffering is definitely, definitely a real thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, how does that apply to what you're doing now? Like how do you how do you see that in your choices in day to day life?
0: Well, I mean, something is uh like a relatively simple thing is I mean, like I get up pretty early and that's not always fun. Um, and it's not I don't get it's not crazy, but I get up at like four forty five. And I do that because um during that time between when I get up and when basically my kids get up. So like that kind of, you know, five AM to seven AM time, like that's the most productive time of the day. Like I'll get more things done during that time um or the most important things done for the entire day during that time you know there's no distractions nobody's texting you no one's expecting a phone call from you um no one's scheduling anything right you really just do kind of have this time where it's it's quiet and you're you know you're you're awake probably most creative you're going to be all day first thing in the morning like that and uh, so you can just really get into stuff and get it done and that's one of those things that a lot of people don't don't necessarily like doing even if a morning person like I, i'm definitely a morning person i like the mornings, but that 445 alarm uh isn't always agreeable you know especially if you know, you know getting to bed late the night before for whatever reason or you know if the kids are getting you up in the middle of the night you know and you end up being up for a certain period of time uh but you know it's one of those things where like the alarm goes off you know you got stuff to do it's like all right we'll just you know get up and get the work done and and uh you know the easy thing would be to, to hit snooze or to reset your alarm for later. Uh, but that's, that's not going to lead you down the path
1: of success, you know? So it's that idea of success that's driving you to to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, for sure. The, the drive for success, the drive to, I just hate, um, I hate playing from behind. I hate, I don't like the idea of other people waiting on me to get things done. Like, I don't want to be a roadblock, you know, or a log jam for anybody else to, to do their job or for any projects to move forward, you know? And so that kind of time in the morning is a great time to to get in there
1: and make sure that that you know everything that I need to be doing that I'm taking care of. I'm sure it's changed over the over the years. But what does success look like to you now?
0: Well, that's a success is that's a hard question because there's success in so many different parts of life, right? Um, you say like, what does business success look like? What does personal success look like? What do you know? And um, but for me, myself, right now if i were to try and um like i'd have to put all those things together right like it's not just like a, a single a single word like and to me uh i mean success is the ability to kind of do i guess um work um let me see it i want to I wanna kind of be a little more succinct with this but to me success is the ability to be at home or spend the time with my family that I need to while still moving uh, everything else in my life forward. Right. And so it's easy to, to give up in one area or just to give up a like space in one area and order to do other things. So example of that is if, um, if my businesses were all growing and thriving and, but I'm gone all the time like i'm never home for dinner i'm missing all my my kids like little school activities or, or missing their soccer games on the weekends. um you know then is that really success am i really experiencing success in that point like i don't think so i think that i would know that i'm be falling short in some areas of my life that are important on the same same hand if i you know uh, was at home all the time and spent you know and didn't didn't take care of the things that I need to for work and that my businesses were struggling, then I don't think I'd feel successful in that regard either. Right. I um, mean, I guess the third component to that is health, like right? Physical health. You know, if I, maybe I felt like I was having a good relationship with the kids and, and things that work moving forward. But if I, you know, wasn't exercising, if I was tired all the time, if I, you know, whatever, some different health issues and I don't feel like I'd be successful either. Right. So it's kind of those three components that I think you have to, um, Really pay attention to all of them, or 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 does any does does success in one of those three areas really count as success if everything else is falling apart?
1: And like I don't I don't think it does, you know. Yeah, I'd probably add one element to that as well: personal happiness, because you can have the kind of like on the surface, there's the there's the business success on the surface, there's a family success on the surface, there's physical success. You might be jacked, but like, are you happy doing all of those things?
0: Well, I think that that's kind of, yeah, I can I see that. I think that that maybe personal happiness is the umbrella over these three buckets, right? Like, I think that if you're, if you're doing the things you need to be doing, those like those three buckets and then personal happiness is probably going to take care of itself. Right? It like these are things, right. Like these are the things that add to that, that add up to a personal happiness, you know? Um, Cause I think that if you're falling short in one of these three categories then you're not going to have that, that happiness, right. That personal happiness. Um, whereas if you're, you know, doing a good job of kind of managing those three areas, you, you, know, you probably will, right? I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, mentioned like physical health, maybe instead of phys- we just say health, right? Because then it takes into kind of the, the physical and the mental side of things and and kind of pulls them all together there. But yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people, it seems like a lot of times if somebody just isn't happy for whatever reason, it's something, obviously something in their life isn't going the way they want it to. And, and a lot of times you'd be able to trace it back to kind of one of those three categories.
1: Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the show, because there are multiple avenues that I can see at least from a few thousand miles away through social (laughs) media accounts that you seem to kind of hit roughly the definition that I would define as success. And a lot of athletes, especially, or a lot of coaches who listen to the show will think, "Okay, I've got to go all in on one of them. And that by necessity means that I've got to let the other ones slide. Right. There's obviously times right when you have to focus on one sure. thing and like there's a, there's sure. a balancing act but like how do you how do you keep that that balance in check
0: Yeah well you know one thing you mentioned now like sometimes you know there's some things have to slide or you're you're focusing and and that's and I think the uh, the biggest part about that is just being aware of when it's going to happen and when that happens it's happening on purpose not on accident right like if you're sli- slacking in one area because you're you know overwhelmed in another area if that happens on accident that's gonna really be an issue if you know that's coming and you're kind of prepared for that then it's you know it's not as big of a big problem um you know for example uh, a couple of years ago so after wrestling i i got into crossfit a little bit and i led me to olympic weightlifting and then i competed in olympic weightlifting for five or six years at a, a relatively high level um, and then i i stopped and then uh, a couple of years ago um, so am like, Hey, you should do this. You know, you're 35 now. You should do this master's weightlifting meet. And, and uh, anyway, kind of talked to me into doing it. And so I knew it was 20 weeks away. I knew there gonna be like 20 weeks where all of a sudden my personal health and my physical, you know, training was going to definitely require more of me than what I had been. Right. So I knew that was coming. And so I just talked to my wife ahead of time, but Hey, like, you know, it's happening. So for these next like 20 weeks, like it's seeing like not, missing work be an option, right? Like this like is, I have to make sure to get in these training sessions leading up to this thing. Um, and then kind of same thing, like at work, everyone knew what was going on. They knew I had this thing that I was training for that was, and so, you know, everyone was kind of on the same page and then you kind of work through the things uh, that, that lead to that. Um, also on that same note, sometimes, uh, okay, at work, for example, we had a, um, like one of our main marketing associates um, quit, which is fine. And so that then I'm like, all right, well, that means that until we replace that position, I know that I'm going to have a little more of my plate here doing this type of thing. And same thing, I had the conversation with my wife, but hey, you know, like this is going on at work. So for the next, you know, two to three weeks, I'm going to be a little more like busy, a little more stressed out, probably from work type stuff. Um, it's just like, give you a heads up on that. And then I also knew like, okay, that also means I'm probably going to, you know, I might spend a little less time, um, you know, at the gym, right. These types of things. And so aware that that's going to happen and planning for that is, is one thing when it slips on accident, that's another. And so that <laughs> that actually gets your question. So how, how do you, uh, how do I balance those things is I'm uh, a big advocate of something that uh, my, my business coach, Craig Ballantyne, uh, he teaches and which is um, you can plan he has one book called the perfect day formula, where you can kind of like plan out your days. And so, if you have like a, a schedule that's set, set for the days, and things don't happen on accident, right? You have things scheduled and planned and all that. And then also, he has a week plan. Um, it's like perfect week formula. That's what that one's called. And I think that that's really important as well. So, when I go through and look at my weeks, is the first thing that goes into your calendar are uh, personal things as far as like family and whatever you want to call it, like self-care, workouts, whatever. And you put those in your calendar first. So for example, I know, okay, if I have to, my wife's going to be working, whatever. If I have to take the kids to school on these two days, then like that goes in the calendar before anything else does, right? Um, we eat dinner together as a family at like 5.15, like pretty early. It's so like, boom, that's in the calendar. I plan, I will be home at that time, like every day um you know so those things those things going first okay i know that i need to go to the gym at least these like three days and so boom those go in the calendar right then once those things are in then you sit there and, and now you have that blueprint and then the everything else so you know work specifically can then goes in the calendar around that so you can look at this at the beginning of the week and you know like if all those main things are in there and then you fill in work to fill those gaps and most people when they're under problems they're doing it the opposite work. Right, like they have, you know, they have their stuff for work and this and that and other thing, and those, those are the main priorities. And then they're like, oh, I didn't have time to go to the gym because I was busy working. It's like, well, if the gym would have been a non-negotiable in your calendar, then you would have worked around that. Maybe that means you get up an hour earlier and get some stuff done in the morning. Maybe it means you stay up an hour later, right? But the thing is that, you know, you you got to put in those the main those main rocks to make sure that you're taking care of your your personal life, your personal health, your family, like those important things first. And then you, then work fills in, you know, the space between those. And that's a big part of why I do get up early, right? Is I know that if I if I bank, you know, one to two hours of work before seven a.m., then that allows me to make sure I'm home at five fifteen for dinner every night with the family, you know. Um, and so different things like that, kind of kind of work around.
1: How long does that weekly planning process take you?
0: Um, at this point I don't do it every week anymore because I have my weekly schedules pretty, pretty set, pretty much the same, but, um, I did it every week for six months or so just to kind of make sure. And I mean, it's a, it's a 30 minute thing, right? Like, and so if you want to get in the whole system, um, what you could do is you, the best way to do it is you actually at the beginning of the week. So on say Sunday is a good planning day. Sunday, you take an hour on Sunday morning. And you say, what are the most important tasks I need to get done this week? Or what do I know I need to do? And you just like do like a, a brain dump of every task that you know is coming up. Now things might pop up you don't know are coming up, but that's okay. Um, that's And so you, you put these tasks down and then you put them in order. Then you actually order them from the one most important thing down to whatever, down to 20. And then you look at your calendar. And once you have your kind of personal rocks in place, those like those non-negotiables in place, then you just go down that task list. You say okay, what's the number one most important thing I need to do this week? And then boom, schedule it in. And it's the idea of being a, a scheduler instead of a lister, right? Um, and so just and then all right, after number one, so I know that I'm gonna do that Monday at 9:30. Okay, what's the second most important thing? Okay, that's boom. And then where's the where's the ideal spot for that to go in? And you just, you can plug you actually plug in that whole that whole list of tasks into a calendar, and then you know like this whole list of shit I need to get done this week. Is all scheduled to happen at some point over the next five days. Then as you go through your week, you don't have these periods of like, um, oh, what is an hour feeling like you're, you know, you're spinning or whatever, right? It's like, you know, you have these things, um, they're all done. They're all in the schedule. You just have to, you already have the plan. Now you just follow the plan. Now you just go down your schedule and as things come up, you get them done.
1: It's funny because 30 minutes, sometimes I think when you start or before you start doing something like this, it's just like, oh shit, man, 30 minutes. It's just like, do I have 30 minutes on a Sunday? Like can I make the time? But it's A, it's 30 minutes that creates how many hours are in the rest of the week, Oh my It's like five yeah, times my- more productive. And secondly, it creates a, about 40 more 30 minute slots throughout the week.
0: Oh, that, yeah, dude, there's no question. Some of those things like this is because it's so easy, man. There's like this idea of like, Again, Craig talks about it, but uh, like perverse procrastination, right? Like you can open your email inbox and like think that you're working for hours. Like you, can be in your, you can be in your inbox all day, but like, how much are you really getting done? Like, how, how productive are you actually? Like how many of those, how much of that time do you really need you spending in there? Right. And so, you know, this is one great way to kind of make sure that the most important things, the things you want to get done actually get done because they're actually in the calendar. And then the funny thing is all those you know, those other tasks, as far as like, you know, you know, clearing out your, or or working throughout your email inbox or, you know, different calls and and things that come up. um, They all seem to, they all seem to get done. They all seem to find a spot. Right. Um, Whereas they might, if you didn't plan those important tasks, those, those other things will end up uh, kind of filling, filling in that time that you need to be doing the more important things. You know, there's this thing, you know, you got to do, maybe it's like write up this contract or something. And, you know, it's important and you know, it's good and all that, but it's like not an exciting thing to do. Um, and so it's like, well, yeah, man, I should probably check my inbox again. Let me make sure I'm not like missing anything. Right. It's like, you can kind of do that all day long and, uh, and put off on writing that contract for, for at least three or four days, maybe even three or four weeks, just because uh, I just know I got this other stuff to do.
1: Yeah, you become highly efficient at very minor activities as opposed to highly effective at the major activities. And yeah, like exactly. athletes do this the whole time too, man. Like, oh, like yeah. I'm sure you say yeah. it the whole time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what are, you know, what do people like doing, right? It's a lot of times people biased, whatever they say it's training and athletics, you bias your, your training towards the things you like, or you convince yourself that something's really important because um, you like to do it, right? Like I'd say so oftentimes you'll find, you know someone who has more of a strength background um and they're going into like a crossfit training or something they're like oh man got to make sure you have this like pillar of strength training you know and, and then not, everything else kind of goes around that and maybe like the the longer duration workouts um probably get the least amount of attention <laughs> because they they don't they don't want to do it they like that they like that activity the least and so they always want to focus on their strength um you just convince yourself that's the most important thing i think that's the other way too someone comes from like a running background they're going to really probably do a lot of like longer, less intense workouts um, because they're convinced or they're convincing themselves that that's more important, you know? Um, and so, yeah, people, you will always tend to bias towards, towards your strengths or things you like. And so having things kind of, you know, scheduled and listed and that type of stuff is one way to, to avoid that, avoid just playing into your strengths and actually, you know, being more productive.
1: So one thing you need in order to do that is, a- whether it's a formalized or otherwise hierarchy of values, it's like these are the things that are most important to me in this order. And for you, obviously, that's that's family. It was like, okay, that those are the things that are going in the first It's meal time, uh, picking the kids up, or, or whatever those kind of jobs are. Um, then it's your physical health, and then it's business, and I'm sure other things go in there as well. Um, and if athletes haven't done that, if athletes haven't gone, okay, this is my most important, like. Maybe it is training at the moment, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's sorting your job out. Maybe it's this other relationship thing that needs to yeah. done. Like if you haven't done that, then you're just flying blind.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know that that's 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 a big part of it. And, and also, there's the understanding, right? There's the the self awareness of things, and um, yeah, and personal health. Also, like you can get to that from so many different angles. You know, like people, have, you know, maybe don't have time, or, or again, that, that term don't have time, but maybe it's not a priority for you to be in the gym you know, for an hour, five days a week. Well, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you don't like do it at all or any folks on it. It doesn't mean you still can't like maintain or make some small gains in, in other ways. Like, okay, well, if you know, that's the situation, like I could go to the gym more, you know, but I'm choosing to not go in during those early morning hours because I'm working during those early morning hours. Right. Um, but what is that? But then that doesn't mean that I just like, that day is a total loss right just like make sure that your nutrition is kind of squared away um Mm -hmm. you know at lunch when i go eat my lunch like i'll go like stand out in the sun while i eat lunch and i'll go for a little 10 minute walk right like you like you take your these these spots throughout the day to still make sure that you are taking care of yourself um it doesn't mean you have to um you know just completely blow it off because it's it's you don't you don't feel like you have the
1: time for it yeah there's um a book that our athletes always are kind of a bit miffed about reading when I suggest it to them essentialism by Greg mcEwen Um, sure. and in that he talks about like, there's no such thing as priorities. There's your priority and that's it. And it's like, okay, what is the one most important thing? And when you are more, um, when you, when you are easily able to identify what that thing is, it clarifies everything else.
0: Well, it tells you not only what to do, but it tells you not to do, right? Yeah. It allows
1: you to just way more important. To-
0: yeah it tells you what you can ignore you know yeah
1: Yeah, exactly right hey if you're enjoying this episode chances are you'll enjoy our free ebook how to stop substandard self-critical plateaus and unleash your potential it's a step-by-step guide to finding your mojo again and getting back to the athlete you know you can be it's free you just have to stick your email address in and download it to find it, head to mindsetrxd.com slash ebook. That's mindsetrxd.com slash ebook. Now, let's get on with the show. What are your like go-to daily self-care activities? Or regular uh, self-care, maybe not daily.
0: Yeah, I mean, for one is I mentioned nutrition earlier, man. I think that when people talk about self-care a lot, they don't really talk about, um, like diet as much as nutrition, but man, that's the most important thing. Like if you're eating, you can feel it. Like if you're eating well, you know, you're eating the, the way you should be right. Whether that's quantity or quality or whatever you're into. Um, you can definitely tell a difference than if you're just eating kind of whatever you want and eating foods that, that, you know, are gonna either make you tired or, or whatever. Right. So, that's something that's actually really important to me is, is making sure that I'm kind of eating the right things and, and doing my best, you know, for that. Um, so that's really important. Uh, another thing for self-care, it's kind of funny. It's like maybe people wouldn't know his category as is that, but, you know, it is kind of that making sure that you have like some time with uh, you know, like your family, if that's the part of your life or something like that or, or social, right? I guess would be one way to put that too. Um, because there's none of those things. Like if you're not like, you're going to, at the end of the day, you're going to look, you're going to, obviously you're going to feel tired. You're going to feel like disappointed in yourself. and then that type of stuff. Um, so those are kind of like two, like relatively non-traditional self-care things that I think are important. Um, and then another one is, uh, for myself, I don't do, um, like daily meditation necessarily, but I do some sort of breathing drills every day. Um, and so, um whether that's like a box breathing or just like a in for, you know, whatever, 10 seconds out for 10 seconds for a period of time. And a lot of times I'll even do that. Like while walking my dog, I like, will take my dog on a walk in the morning and on the morning walk, <laughs> I like, okay, like only nasal breathing. And I'll do like some breathing drills. And um, while I'm on that, and while doing that really just helps me, like, I don't, I don't uh, take my AirPods and listen to music or podcasts necessarily on that walk. I use that time just kind of, go for a walk and do some, uh, some breathing drills. So it kind of turns into a little bit of a, like a moving meditation in that regard. Um, James so,
1: Clear will be proud of you, man. Like that <laughs> that habit stacking. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, um, for sure. So those are, those are some things that I think are, that I think are good. That I think are really important. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess when, those are probably the, the main ones.
1: Cool. Sweet. Yeah. There's um some interesting stuff showing links between, nervous system regulation the food you take on like basically Mm -hmm. carbohydrate sugars linking towards that sympathetic fight or flight response and then fats and protein like linking into that parasympathetic rest and digest which is why when you have a massive steak you just want to crash um Mm. so it's like yeah like you can prime your prime your physical aspect of your nervous system through your nutrition which is really cool i noticed in that um in that journey to your master's competition or your what was it the world masters yeah a master's world cup right You mentioned visualization, tongue in cheek. Is that something that is a habit for you in weightlifting or is it something that you worked on or is it something that it was just a tongue in cheek reference?
0: Oh, um, I, I do more or less at different times. Um, while I was training and weightlifting, I would do a lot more visualization. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do it like every rep and training. Um, but I would, you know, from time to time, if I knew there's something that, um, that I was really trying to work on or something I was struggling with, I would, um, even now I do occasionally like just, you know, working out, whatever, if it's a a heavy day, um, and I'm like going for something that I know is going to be tough. I know it's going to be challenging. Um, I'll visualize myself making it two or three times before doing the attempt. Um, so I do that now just, just training wise. Cause I know it helps um, something with visualization that, that really. To me is a um, uh, weightlifter, Morgan King, she's a 2016 Olympian, um, uh, from the US here. And she, she's a friend of mine. She was like happening kilos uh, sponsored athlete and, and we were uh she's doing this weightless meet in Florida and I was coaching her. Like in the back room, I was like, you know, doing her attempts for her and, and and helping her out in the meet. And she asked me one time um like between her warm up attempts, I was like, "Hey, on the platform are they using spring cl- spring clips or competition like collars?" And I was like, "Oh, that's a good question. Like, let me check." And then I said, yeah, she's like spring clamps. Um, I said, okay. And that was it. I didn't ask why, whatever, because you know, she's like warming up, getting ready for this thing. And then afterwards she brought it up. She said, Hey, remember when I when I asked that? I said, Yeah, like what's what, you know, what's up with that? I said, well, because before every single attempt and, and the warm-ups included, she, you know, the, the warm-up bars are just like regular barbells, black bumper plates. They're not always like the competition style plates. So she would visualize herself um, making the lift, but she would visualize the bar like it was going to be on the platform. And so even during her warmups, she would, prior to every single lift, she would visualize two or three times her lift, her taking the, the bar, but the weight loaded like it is in a competition bar. So in that way, when she went out on the platform for her first attempt, she, the bar is loaded and it's loaded the way that she had visualized it, you know, while she was in back. And so if there were spring clamps, uh, or if competition collars weigh two and a half kilos. And so the bar would be loaded differently if it was the, the competition collars of the spring clamps. Um, and so I was like, man, that's like, that's pretty good. Like it's like another level of this visualization, right? Like not just seeing yourself doing it exactly in there, but actually like visualizing the bar loaded the exact way. So when you go out, it's like it's as close as you can to to replicating what you were seeing in your head you know and she said yeah in training she visualizes every single attempt um at least once before she before she makes them that's pretty sweet
1: that's yeah that's the key thing about visualization it's like the detail the detail carries the details right yeah if you've if you feel like if there's a part of your brain that feels like oh i've been here before you might as well have been there before and it puts that at ease that kind of fear of oh i don't know what i'm doing here do i belong here it's kind of it turns yeah. that down a little bit um when you are visualizing i'm I'm a bit of a nerd for this stuff um oh, yeah. so when you're when you're visualizing are you first person or are you third person oh first person yeah and mm-hmm. and like are you visualizing the walk up to the lift are you kind of yeah. is wow. it sensation is it like mm-hmm. the, yeah the thoughts so you're going?
0: sure sure so for me a lot of times it's sensation
1: um so i think especially in
0: weightlifting specifically like that's really what's important right it's like um as you're doing the lift um yeah it's the sensation i want to uh like see the things that i'm going to see and then i want to feel the things that i want to feel right it's like what's the bar going to fill at you know it's just below the knees what's going to feel like as i finish the pull, whatever right um and so, yeah. So it's funny. The term, I guess, the term is visualization. But when I really think about it, more than more than visualizing, I'm it's a uh, it's like a sensation
1: experience for myself. Yeah. When um, we oh, sorry.
0: Go ahead. No, carry on. Go
1: ahead. Yeah. When we work with athletes, what we talk about is walking into your imagination theater. And it's like, okay, you're you're walking in, you're going down, you're descending down those stairs almost, and you can feel that. And it's that again, it's the detail that carries because yeah, we're highly visual creatures, but it's not all the picture. And so it's like, can you get some sounds in there? Can you get this physical sensation, even if there's smells do, that, like do you
0: encourage people do you encourage people to visualize in first person or like in uh third person?
1: First person typically. That's that's where they're at. Um we can yeah. it, it kind of Initially, it's a one size fits one solution. We typically go for ones like first person, but there's people who just like I I can't get that man. Like, and I feel better to go the other way.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like okay, fine. Then watch yourself do it. Um, That was something that Morgan said too. Is that she said that occasionally in training that she would not be able to see herself make a lift, and that what she does if she can't if she can't make it if she misses in her visualization, then she thinks of someone else on the team. And at, at this time, she was training at the Olympic Training Center. Like I, just, someone else that's at the OTC with me that I think has the best technique on the team. I visualize them making that weight that I missed in my visualization. Nice. And because then just like seeing somebody make it gives you know gives you a little more confidence, even if you feel like you missed it yourself, right? Um, that was an interesting. So that's so that was one instance where she would go third person is because if she couldn't do it in first person, then she would watch somebody else um, visualize someone else making it. Uh, something else I've used visualization for. I love this topic, by the way. This is interesting to me too. Um, and like the descending down the staircase is interesting is I read this book by, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I, yeah. uh, and it's called, I. uh, how to change the habit of being yourself. And the whole premise is that everybody has something that you don't like that you do out of habit. Maybe it's procrastinating on something. Maybe it's, um, Hitting the snooze in the morning, right? Maybe it's something totally different. Maybe it's um, you know, like skipping your warm-up at the gym. I mean, maybe it's something like SM or maybe it's something like uh whatever, like a pornography addiction or whatever, right? It's like everyone has something about themselves they're not, um, they don't like that they do, right? And so the whole thing is you you start by meditating and there's different ways to to do that. Um, to get into like, um, like you said, like going down the stairs and do whatever, right? So he wants to get into a med- he you know, start meditating, but not just meditate, but also do this induction, right? So, um, where you kind of get into your parasympathetic nervous system a little bit and calm down and, and during his induction techniques there, anyway, there's a few different ones, like going down a stairway. is like kind of one of them. And then once you're in that, that kind of, uh, quasi subconscious, uh, you know, area, then what you do is you, whatever the trigger is that starts the behavior you don't like is you visualize like that trigger happening and then when you start to do the behavior that you always tend to do and that happens is you just say to yourself you say stop Mm -hmm. right and then what you then you stop that before you even begin the behavior and you go through this you know a handful of times um, before ending the the meditation, before ending the visualization. And it's so interesting because it, it totally works. <laughs> and the reason why or for why I seem like it works for me is, you know, in real life, you know, you don't get that many just many like reps, like these practice reps. Mm-hmm. And and when you do, there's the actual stimulus going on. And and convincing yourself to stop in the middle of this habit you're doing is really hard because it's a habit. You're just doing it. You're already into the activity before you like realize that you're doing this thing you didn't want to do you know um so uh but if you can visualize you can get all these reps in you can you can you know you can have success stopping yourself from doing the thing you know you do that five times you do that for you know a week in a row five days in a row you just 25 times you did 25 reps of of doing it and so i actually did this one time and i had the experience where the trigger happened i started to do the thing and then I was like, I heard this voice in my head said, stop. And I was like, oh shit. And then I did. Like, it was just like, I was aware that this thing was bad. And actually mine was funny. It was, it was like checking my phone too much. Like just like looking at my phone like and whatever. And like going and scrolling Instagram for no reason. Like that was the whole thing. I'm like, wait, okay, so what happens? Like, oh, I'm something's going on. I just like catch up grabbing my phone. And like, so then I was like, all right. So every time I go to grab my phone and like flip it over to open Instagram, whatever. And, uh, Anyway, so I just like visualized myself starting to do it. And then as soon as I would grab my phone, I would say, stop. A week later, I'm just like sitting there in the morning and I was supposed to be working. And I'm on the computer and all of a sudden I grab my phone and I hear this voice like, stop. I was like, oh, shit, it worked. <laughs> I put my phone down and moved on, you know. Um, so, yeah, so using visualization, not just as like an immediately prior to activity or, 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 or like a leading to training, you can also use it. To kind of rewire your brain a little bit and uh and get yourself into or out of habit, see if you do or don't want to do.
1: Yeah, that's sweet. Like there's there's so much that I just wanted to jump in all over what you're saying then, because I was just so so stoked by what you're saying. There's like the there's the practice, there's the myelination that's happening. There's like you may as well be doing it and you're you're insulating those pathways and making them more likely to fire in again. And then the other thing that's sweet. Is that instead of just trying to change behavior, instead of trying to intervene the whole time, you're focusing on interruption, which is that you're going through these like systems just like dominoes are falling. And instead of trying to reroute the dominoes and keep them kind of going to another direction, all you're doing is put your hand in front of them and you're saying stop. Yep. And that's yep. the that's the power. You just need to interrupt, and instead of trying to intervene the whole time.
0: Yeah, but the first step before doing that is awareness, right? You have to be aware that yeah. you're that you're headed. And you have to be aware before you get too far down the path, mm-hmm. right? Because once you've gone past a certain point, it's like, oh, now it's just happening. Like Now the, the, the dopamine response of, of what you're doing is going to be, um, is gonna override your will, obviously. That's why it's a habit, right? Um, and so you have to like, kind of have that one, like either not rely on your willpower and kind of have this subconscious level of being able to stop it or just the awareness of stopping it and using your willpower to stop before it gets to the point of kind of no return.
1: Yeah. What I find fascinating about this is the more I kind of play with things like that in my own life, I notice that, yes, there's a physical behavioral trigger, like going to check my phone is a classic, but there's the emotional trigger before that. And there's the thoughts before that. And it's like when you start catching those things that are kind of earlier on in that pathway, you're like, oh, okay, now I've got more control because you've like even less momentum has built up and even less kind of power behind it has built up. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, man. What else is, you've you done habits, we've done, actually, let's um. I, I always like throwing this, this question in, what's the biggest struggle you've had to face in the last five years?
0: Oh, man. Um, struggle in the last five years. So I don't know what maybe like the one biggest struggle in the last five years mm-hmm. is. Um, but I'll say that with one thing about uh, business specifically, that, that's interesting is um, you know, I, so I have, I have a gym and then I have uh, caffeine and kilos as well. And the, in the gym, I have these two business partners and in caffeine and kilos, I had two business partners. And at the gym, uh, the two guys, they both kind of decided they wanted out. Okay. And that's fine. No problem. Great. I'm like, do what you want. If you want to be here, it's all good. Um, and so there's like some ownership changes there. And then six months later, I'd like just got out of the woods on that. Like, okay, everything squared away, got it all worked out. Everything's good to go. And then boom, Kathany Kela' one of the one of the guys <laughs> decided that he wanted out of that company as well, which is fine again, that's great. whatever you want to do. it's fine. but it was like, man, it was like this for a year, basically, I was dealing with you know like buyouts and old partners and new partners and like what's going on here and there and And I know this isn't like some crazy extreme um you know, like the grand scheme of things, the grand scheme of life. these are relatively minor. Uh, but when they're happening and everything's kind of going down, you're dealing with it. it's like, just anyway, but the, that was an interesting time because it was like one thing after another, right? Like I had the conversation with my wife of, Hey, like I'm going to be uh, next couple months. are going to be like, I'm going to have a lot going on with work. And so just give me a little bit of grace, you know, with that. And I'm, I'm going to do my best. This isn't like me being able to shirk off all our responsibilities, but just, you know, be aware if I seem kind of stressed out, like it's not you, it's stuff with the family. It's, it, that's what's going on. Um. And then I just get past that, like, all right, cool, in, in the clear. And then yeah, like a month later, like boom, same thing, except for on a uh, you know, a business of 10 times the size is gonna be it's gonna be kind of 10 times uh, more more intense with that, right? Uh, so anyway, so those happening back to back was uh, was a challenge for sure, something that was difficult to kind of um, like keep your head in the game and and stay with it and not get discouraged and that type of stuff.
1: So when I experience things like that, and I know when everyone, pretty much everyone else I know, experiences that, they have like a tendency to fall into a pattern of thinking. Mine is from ages ago when it's like, oh man, why is this happening to me? It's like that victimhood. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you had to watch out for? Was there anything like patterns of thinking? You're like, oh man, like I'm going to fall back into this if I'm not careful, or you, that you saw yourself fall into?
0: Um, I'm pretty good with that. I don't. Um, I don't think that. I'm pretty good about not like uh feeling like a victim or, or that type of mm-hmm. stuff um for me it's kind of more of when that type of thing happens it's just like um it's not necessarily that i it's more of like a dread a little bit of like oh man i know that this is going to be a lot to fucking deal with and that's going to be a lot of time and like you know what about the others like i got all the other stuff i gotta do now i gotta deal with this also right like kind of one more thing on the on the plate um, uh, and that's kind of how, what, what starts happening with me more is I'm like, okay, well, well, all right, well, that's, you know, I guess that means for the next whatever period of time that this is going to completely change everything I've going on and what else, you know, whatever. Um, but what then I kind of realized, or, or what I'm getting better at realizing is when these types of things happen and and the more, and the more they happen, usually the, the more you kind of take them in stride because it's just it's like, okay, well, that's, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Right. Like it's, it's in the end, like in the end, I know it's going to be fine. Right. It's kind of the idea of like, you know, all these things aren't necessarily good or bad. They just kind of are. (laughs) And then, you know, um, and sometimes something that you think is bad ends up being good. Right. And, and, uh, and that goes the other way as well. Um, so anyway, that's, yeah, I don't, I don't have the victim thing as much, but I do definitely have like a, uh, overwhelming. I get more of like an overwhelming, um, response to it.
1: What's cool there is, and by the way, thanks for sharing that. Cause I think it's like, sometimes people will see anyone kind of any position that they look up to and go, Oh, they probably don't experience that overwhelm or they don't experience that oh, kind dude. of like, Oh shit moment. But every, yeah, there's, every, it's, it's there.
0: Everyone is just people, man. It's funny. I'm talking to like people who run, run companies that are 10 times bigger, than mine, a hundred times bigger than any of my companies, you know? And, and, uh, it's always refreshing to hear them say things like, Oh yeah, dude, like we don't really we're just kind of making this up as we go too. Like are winging it. Where we're just, like that's the whole thing. It's like you try stuff and if it works, you do more of it. If it mm-hmm. doesn't, you do something else, right? Um and so, but especially in business, you kind of you get that when you're early on uh in particular, whereas you're like, Oh man, like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know how we're gonna how am I gonna grow this thing. I just don't know, whatever. And you think that, you know, these other companies, everyone's got this all figured out, you know, they know exactly what they're doing and it works every time. And there's, you know, they have this blueprint to whatever. And uh, then you talk to them and they're like, nah, dude, like, yeah, they have a blueprint. It's like, you, you come up with ideas and you try them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like that's the blueprint. And it's like, if it doesn't work, stop, it does do more, um, you know, but it's that there's not necessarily like this, like, uh, you know, if A then B thing. It's like not you try A and then you you see what B is and then you go from there.
1: Um, yeah, especially so yeah, when was- all you see from other businesses is their marketing, which is perfectly designed to look in control and intentional. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we do that too. And it's like <laughs> behind the surface, there's a lot more. Oh shit, what are we going to do here? And how's this working? And I think that's even, well, even the kids for athletes. Like you look through Instagram yeah. and see everybody who's got like got their shit together, but apparently apparently not when you actually speak to them.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, too, it's like you talk about like companies, especially their marketing, whatever. It's like we well, have yeah, that. Mar- like that, Those are things that either one, they've, they've tried and worked and they're doing more of it or they're trying and isn't working. You know, it's easy to like see something be like, oh, this is they must be working. If I saw it, it's like, well, yeah, how many times have you seen it? Right. If you see something from a company, you only see it once. The odds are it probably don't go that well. Now you see the same ad, you know, say you're on whatever TikTok and that you see the same ad from a company for months. It's like, oh, that means that that one is definitely working, right? Because there's no way to be still doing it if it wasn't, um, if they weren't getting a return on it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely, what you're saying is true. I mean, everyone thinks that everyone else has everything, uh, you know, buttoned up and and all that. The truth is, everyone's kind of working through it, man.
1: What I love about your piece on going through this kind of more challenging times is that it comes back to putting that putting those reps in before. Like you've you've already put the reps in of like getting up early of doing things that you don't want to do of like making sure you stick to a a decent nutrition plan all these kind of things and like you've either got incidental hardship which is shit happening to you which you didn't Mm -hmm. choose to happen or you've got intentional hardship and it's like okay sweet i've got some intentional hardship that i'm going after day after day after day after day which leads you towards your goal if you do that enough then the incidental hardship doesn't stop happening but right it's it's easier to deal with or at least less awful to deal with
0: yeah, I think that's that's for sure a big part of it. And I think that you know, that's what a lot of people say, man. Like going to the gym and like I know I've mentioned CrossFit a few times, but like you know, we hear that from people all the time when they when they start for the first time, like doing doing CrossFit or like working out in that way they haven't before. Is they like, go, yeah, man. Turns out like like well, part of the reason I love coming here is like it's the hardest part of my day. Like nine out of ten times, the hardest part of my day was like finishing this workout that I didn't want to do or like going you know the type of deal I push myself harder in these 10 minutes and like I'm going to, I'm going to do all day like that's done everything else can be easy now right like nothing else can have that same intensity or and then when it does happen you know when you are in a situation where you going hard and you kind of like want to just quit <laughs> or like stop it's like you don't because that's not that's not a habit you don't you're you're establishing a habit of finishing things even when you don't want to right mm-hmm. Um, and that's an entirely different situation than establishing a habit of quitting when things get hard.
1: Exactly, man. Exactly. Man. I think that's a great place to wrap up before we do. There's a couple of questions. Actually, one I've already asked you, um, about daily habits, but there's mm-hmm. one that I'd like to get from. What's the book that you've gifted most often to other people? Mindset by Carol Dweck. Nice. What is it about? That should be, that I mean, that should
0: be required, it should be required reading. Uh, so people ask me quite a bit, like, what's the you know like oh i want to start or i'm going to start reading more whatever self-proven books which i start with or even just people say like like well any suggestions that's like always the go-to because the the information in it is so important um and i think that if you have not read and under or at least understand the concepts in a mindset then every other thing you do um, you will not get as much out of, right? Like it is the it is like the amplifier for everything else because the basic. I mean, just real briefly, the the premise is that you know everything's a learned skill and that you know the growth mindset and, and, the, and believing that you can improve on things um, versus fixed mindset believing that you can't improve your current skill level is just what what it's going to be. Um, that's like a oversimplification, but that's the kind of the gist. And so, if you understand that and believe that, then every other thing, every other piece of education or improvement that you try to do, you will get more out of because you'll believe that you can change and can improve. If you don't fully embrace those ideas, then you know you're trying something. It's easy to read something, they're like, oh, well, that would maybe work for somebody else. So that would never work for me. <laughs> and that that defeats mindset. You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna have any success that way. So yeah. you got to read Mindset by Dweck because it will, um, you know, even if right now you don't believe that's true necessarily, like read the book, maybe like, you know, and then decide for yourself. Right.
1: Yeah. The worst that happens is almost negligible. And the best that happens is your whole life changes.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. It. Yeah. The best, the best that happens that, yeah, every single other thing you do for the rest of your life is impacted.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: The, so, the, thing. the worst that happens is like you read 300 pages, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably exactly not even that, that. one. Yeah. Exactly. Um and then finally, where can people find out more about you and all your other ventures?
0: Yeah. See uh Danny Lear.com, L E H R. is how you spell Lear. Um that, that has everything linked to it on there. But I mean uh, caffeine and kilos is is great, man. We had killer coffee. That's official coffee say weightlifting. <laughs> that was great coffee. The Peril's cool. Um I'm actually really proud of everything uh, that we do over at caffeine and kilos. So
1: Make sure you check that out too. Um, personal question: Do you guys ship to the UK?
0: Yep, all over the world, man. Ship all over the world every day.
1: Right, that's a that's the next order. Done. Yeah, dude. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, man.
0: Yeah, appreciate it. Have a good time.